everyone. Welcome to Wrestling is for Girls, a wrestling podcast for the way you like to watch wrestling and, you know, also the way we like to watch wrestling, which may or may not be the same. My name is Abigail. I am a longtime wrestling fan who took a little break from sports entertainment and now I'm back. And each week we're going to talk about wrestling. It'll be me and my good friend, Jillian who is also a longtime wrestling fan who left for a while and is now back in the warm embrace of sports entertainment. It's very warm. It's very nice. It's very damp. (laughs) A little sweaty, but... I mean, by necessity, right? It's not a great match if nobody breaks a sweat. It's kind of oily, glistening a little bit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. It's fine. Like hot lights. Yes. Cheering crowd. Mm -hmm. A lot of intense emotional responses. Popcorn. On both. Yes, popcorn. Nacho cheese. Popcorn everywhere. (laughs) I'm just going to list all the food I've ever eaten at a wrestling show. Honestly, that that could be a lot of fun. So I think we are going to go ahead and dive in. Um, Jillian, I know you had some thoughts you wanted to share about Raw this week. You want to hit us with those? I do. I do. So this was Monday Night Raw from the 5th. So I guess that was Labor Labor Day. Thank you, labor unions. Yeah, thanks. (laughs) Sorry, wrestlers. You don't get a night off. Hope you get one someday. So I have to talk about, you know, the edge Dominic, yes, please talk Rey about Mysterio that. Please talk thing that's going on, and there was a a line. I mean, I'm always excited to see Edge, right? You know, we love Edge, and it's always friend of the podcast. It's not a friend of the podcast. <laughs> someday, hopefully, cross fingers. Um, <laughs> so Edge is like having this whole conversation, and he's like in the ring. I think this is before Ray comes out. I don't remember, but he's like trying to figure yes. out like why, you know, like. Dominic, why hast thou forsaken me? And he says at one point, was it because I speared you that night? <laughs> Which like, yeah, dude, it might be in part because you broke his abdomen apart on national television. <laughs> I just think it's like, I just love the like, kind of not, not fear. I don't want to say fear, but like, just like, dude, was it because I speared you? I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry about that. So he's calling him out. Ray shows up, of course. One of my favorite things about watching WWE is like how everybody wears their own merch to the ring. And it just reminds me of like going to a concert and like, you know, the cardinal sin of going to the concert was like wearing the shirt of the band that you were going to see. And it's like, these wrestlers are making it okay, right? You can wear, if I want to wear my Edge shirt to see Edge wrestle, more the merrier, right? Mm -hmm. So Rhea Ripley comes out. She has said that she's now made Dominic a man, which made me very uncomfortable. Um, it made I, me really excited. <laughs> I was like, shit, yes, girl, fucking feminism. Is that not I, Is that not what happened? I feel like, <laughs> you, you know me, but I'm also like a delicate lily sometimes. And I, I think that. that like- I get that. He looks like he's 16, like a very tall 16-year-old. And I know he's like 25. He's an adult whole-ass man. But it's just like, it freaked me out. And I was just like, why are we why are, are we doing this? Are we making these little metaphors? So the other question I have, and this is a question I want to ask you, is I'm trying to understand the motivation for this. So like, 
why is everybody fighting over Dominic? Like, I I know he's kind of a pawn in this game, right? To like fuck with Ray and all this right, stuff, but right. it's like, is he a good wrestler? I d- I've never really seen him wrestle. So it's well, like, is it just the sole purpose to like, you know, be a heel and screw with Ray? So I feel like the first thing I come to this with is that factions are not about action. Factions are about feelings. Wow. That's, you choose your faction that's based on your affinity, right? Like DX is not about like, okay, I think HBK and Triple H, amazing wrestlers, but it's not about their wrestling skills. It's about their incredible feelings of like brotherhood for one another, right? And also being total douchebags together. Yeah, that's true. Which I think is the source of their brotherhood. But like, I think you have this really classic coming of age story with Dominic Mysterio. Like, Dominic Mysterio is becoming a man. Let's set aside the fact that he's 25 years old already. <laughs> like, his frontal lobe is finally done baking, That's and he true. is ready to make incredible life-altering decisions. And it's time for him to, like, maybe he's tired of his incredibly small father's incredibly large shadow. Maybe. And I feel like I've also been spending too much time on trauma TikTok because I'm like, Ray, it's not enough to say that you love him. You have to show him. You keep choosing Edge over him again and again. You can't ask him to be 100% Mysterio, but also in Edge's shadow as well as your second choice. I would probably choose Edge. I would choose Edge 100%. Over my own child. Absolutely. (laughs) I might choose Edge over you. I would be like, look, you, you get it, right? Are we cool or what? Be like, take good care of everybody. And then I would right. try to move on. But I, I feel like, you know, this is a, these are the best wrestling stories for me. The ones that are like very, very timeless, like young man on the precipice of breaking out on his own. Does he break out on his own in an inadvisable and quite honestly evil way? Or does he stay under dad's coattails, you know? Yeah. So that's where I, and of course, you know, my real dream here is that Edge is the mastermind behind all of this and he's like pulling the strings. I would love that I don't so think I'm much. Get that. I just really oh, want you to too. write for them. I just like, you have a great job. Well, I know you love your job, but like, can we just try? Can you try? You're such a good writer. Let's just try to get oh, you in at the WWE. Sweet. What if I just start sending Triple H like a list of thoughts every week? And I assume eventually I would get a restraining order and be told to leave him alone. But like each week, I'm just like, you know, you are absolutely the only person who's ever done that. (laughs) Right. No one else has ever thought of this. This is mind blowing. You would have the luxury of being first, as Gareth Reynolds likes to say. (sighs) It's my dream. Where do you. where do you think this is going to go? Like, where do you see this incredible feud for Dominic Mysterio going? You know, I feel like what they're ultimately trying to do is drive a wedge between an edge wedge between, you know, Edge and Rey Mysterio <laughs> um, to, you know, I don't know, isolate, right? Like, I feel like this is some kind of pack tactic thing that I don't really understand. But it's like, right, they try to break up the pack, isolate the weakest right, members, right. take them down. Um, I could see this ultimately turning into a feud between Ray and Edge, which it seems yes. it seems like with the way they're kind of building up their I'm saying mythology, but that's not the right word, but like building up their past. They keep talking about their past and like how long yes. they've known each other and what good friends they are. So I think that would be 
a really good thing. And and the thing is, like, I don't remember, and maybe you could tell me, I don't know if Ray has ever had a heel turn. I imagine he has at some point in his career, and I missed it. But like, you Great know, question I can't answer. Well, Edge is like a heel every other whatever, right? Like he does. Yes, he does, he's a natural heel. Yeah, he does both so well. And so I'm just curious if I, I think that would be interesting. I would like to see that between them. It would be. I would love to see that between them. Yeah i <clears throat> I have I've been having a hard time with Finn as a heel. Like I don't like he. And, and maybe it's because I follow him on Instagram or maybe it's because, you know, like he seems like such a sweet person <laughs> Like in, does, in reality. Like he's like always taking pictures with his parents and like he seems like he loves his wife very much and they seem adorable together. And it's just like, I'm just so curious if, you know, like how long does this hold out that he's with this stable? Well, and I don't. So I feel like he is the one person whose role in this I don't really understand. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's because I missed part of the Judgment Day that would have explained that, that to me. But right now, how I feel is like Rhea Ripley is an incredible leader who has wrested power from the control of her mentor, Edge. And Damien Priest is a big man with an axe to grind, proving that he's better than Edge, you know, and he's going mm -hmm. to defeat them and all this stuff's going to happen. What is Finn Balor getting out of this? He doesn't even wear the uniform no like, he doesn't even go here what is happening i was really excited about his purple bandana though i have to, i had to make a note about that because like i love purple and he looked really cute in the purple bandana purple suits him it was jaunty purple suits him i think i also don't ever see finn balor as a team player i see him as his own guy so i i'm struggling to place him on the team right now do you think it's because I mean, comparatively, his career is shorter than Edge's and Ray's, right? Like, I mean, he's of course, like, of course. well, I mean, he's been he was in New Japan. I mean, he was wrestling. For, he's been wrestling forever. But I'm just wondering if because, like, his whole career that I've seen up to this date, and again, I don't watch all of the wrestling ever, is like he's been a solo dude. Sometimes does tag team things, but I don't ever remember there being like a tag team with finn balor and anyone else and he's like always oh, the demon he's the solo guy like so yeah i think i don't is it that they don't know what to do with him and i wonder if that's part of it you know if he's someone who's been caught in that slip between really amazing nxt run comes to the main roster not you know he's not six five he's not batista which i think is a blessed and wonderful thing but you know, like if you don't have that look that was the look of wrestling for a long time, it can be hard. And I think that'll change now. I think you're already seeing that change again, but it'll be interesting to see where he lands coming out of this. I agree. Uh, was there anything else you wanted to say about this match? Because I... No, I'm ready to move on. I could probably talk more, but I mean, it's more just me. Like... I could talk for the full <laughs> hour about this match, but I think we should transition. Okay. Um, I, I think like the other thing was... A big deal was like Braun Strowman coming back. Um, yes, we all was, caught these hands. I was very surprised to see him. I feel like I, I, I've been hearing, and I can't remember where this was, but like it seems like now that Triple H has kind of, you know, assumed the helm of WWE, that we might see more wrestlers who were future endeavored at one point coming back into yes. the fold. And 
I like, I mean, I, I'm fine with Braun Strowman coming back. Like, he's fun to watch. He's entertaining. I like him when he's a face more than when he's a heel because I think he's pretty funny. Um, I remember seeing him. The WWE came to Peru when I was living there, and I went to the show, and I remember seeing him, like, seeing him in person. And it's like, he's so tall. Like, he's just, like, this giant person that I think doesn't really, like, translate well when you see him, like, on TV. And I'm just like... He is a wrestler. Like <laughs> that man is a tree. He's a log. And like it was just, it was really neat to see. Like I, it's fun to see like actual wrestlers in person, even though I wasn't like sitting that close. That's all I think of when I see Braun Strowman. Though I was just like, I just remember being like agog at like, yes. like what's it like to be tall? What's it like to be strong? I have no idea. I don't know either of those things. The scale of wrestlers is not comprehensible until you are physically near them and like even wrestlers that you don't think of as being Braun Strowman larger than life like I remember going to a signing for Matt Hardy and being like this dude is a fucking tank is he really you know and he's not like the biggest dude in the world is he tall but like I think he's pretty t- I mean he's taller than me but that's not a, a huge accomplishment for a man you know well you're not short I'm not, I am a medium-sized woman, just like Scott Hall was the medium-sized man. Was that a thing? I am a medium-sized woman. Yeah, it was a joke he made about, because, you know, like, Kevin Nash is a huge, Crazy tall, yeah. And in some promos, Scott Hall referred to himself as the medium-sized man, and I loved it, and I always really loved him, so. That's amazing. But anyway, I I didn't mean to derail from Braun. No, 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 it's okay. I just was, it was neat to see him come back. I didn't have a whole lot to say about that. Um, it seems like he's kind of shed his former persona of being like woodsy. Yeah, he's a little metro now, and I dig it. Yeah, he is. He's him. got like the like tight red pants and pierced many piercings that I don't remember him having many before. Piercing. And I really worry about the health of his nipples in a match because we know how those <sighs> things mean, I... can get torn out worry about everybody's nipples pretty much all the time it's kind of my thing you know like did you want to reveal dr abigail nipple warrior (laughs) the other i was i'm sorry no 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 go ahead i was just i was also excited to see him back and i'm excited to see how he's grown as a performer because i think one of my beefs with him in the beginning was like he has so much natural charisma Mm -hmm. and a lot of raw power and he obviously has like the look of just being a destroyer, right? Right. And I felt like he was one of those guys that got brought up and rushed to the top because yes. he got promoted on potential. And yes. promotion on potential is not a terrible thing always, but I think in wrestling it like we promote somebody beyond what they've had the experience to deliver. And then we get mad at them when they can't. It's like, why can't you be CEO of this company today? And it's like, I've been here four days. I, you know, so yeah. I'm definitely guilty Psych-C. of that. Yeah. I, yeah. Oh, I, and we want it, right? We want yeah. it as fans. Like, I want to see my guy do the thing. But. Yeah. I think also he was kind of a victim of like Vince McMahon's obsession with giant dudes, like yes. really wanting like the big giant wrestler dude to just destroy yeah. everyone. And it's like, that's only fun for so long before it's just not anymore. It's like, it's like if you have a toddler and they just want to watch, I don't know what a toddler's watch, like Frozen every day. 
And Frozen is a great movie, but by the sixth time you've seen Frozen, you're like, okay, that's that's good. That's enough. I've had enough servings of this. Yeah. So you get really oversaturated really quickly, and it's not the talent's fault. They're not booking themselves. It's true. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing where this goes. And um, same. Where? Who did he come out? Let me. Did I? I'm trying to see if I wrote that down. Where did? He, when did he come out? He came out. Alpha Academy, right? Or did oh, I make that up? yeah, it was during Alpha Academy because it was like the fatal four way. And the way Corey said Los Lotharios made me want to die. Um, oh my god! I so you know I was just wanted to make another point which has really nothing to do with wrestling itself but all i kept thinking during the whole match was like how jet lagged all of these people must be who were just yes. in wales the day before yes. um like they have to have all been exhausted and i just kept looking at everybody's eyes i kept like looking at the announcers and i was like do they look tired i want to know if they're tired how are they feeling i'm concerned <laughs> i kept thinking about that too it's like I'm, I'm sitting here. I'm like, why did you make everyone travel to Missouri when you could have just had the event in the same venue you had the pay-per-view? And then I was like, no, they had to get out of Cardiff. After the way that pay-per-view ended, they had to leave. They disgraced <laughs> themselves and it was time to go. Yeah, I, um, I'm still hurting about that, but it's okay. Well, I mean, that wasn't a blow just to you as a fan, but to your countrymen. I mean, it makes sense. <laughs> Poor Drew McIntyre. <laughs> Um, the bagpipes play for Drew. They do. Um, my last thing, and, and and then I'll let you pop in if you have anything that you want to talk about yeah, specifically, absolutely. was the Miz and Bobby Lashley um, yes, cage, cage match. Yes. Um, I think, you know, this goes to show what kind of like wrestling fan I am, is that the two things that stood out most to me was Miz's shirt that says, my balls are massive. And the fact that this like Loomis guy that I've obviously missed the whole buildup of this, but he yes. like is very creepy and i mean i think that's the point like he's supposed to be creepy i assume but um yeah i enjoyed him just like appearing from underneath the ring and like staring so horrifically <laughs> it was pretty great so i th that was all i had to say about that no i i also like that i mean okay so i'm also excited because I didn't want to like Tommaso Ciampa and The Miz because I felt like, oh, that's a misuse of Tommaso Ciampa. I want more for Tommaso yeah. Ciampa. But I, I do like them together. I like that he's calling uh, The Miz Mike. I like that they're both anti-Voldemort. I respect a wrestler with a strong anti-Death Eater position. <laughs> Where's um, that from? Uh, he he kept referring, Tommaso kept referring to he who shall not be named. Oh, okay. That's right. And it was beautiful. Um, Amazing. I wonder if they had to like pay copyright for that. I hope not. <laughs> Joanne doesn't deserve anyone's money these days. Yeah. But um, yeah, I like them together a lot. And I, I feel like The Miz is the perfect guy to have a Dexter Loomis situation because The Miz is just like, I mean, I think The Miz is a good wrestler and it's been yeah. a joy to watch him kind of grow as a wrestler. But he's always just had this huge personality that makes him ideal for storylines that for other people, you'd be like, Oh no, baby, what are you doing? Yeah. You know, like he can carry this. And yeah. Dexter Loomis obviously plays the serial killer lunatic very, very well. <laughs> yes. So I, I mean, he had a similar gag in um, impact and TNA. Okay. I was wondering, and I knew you would know them, know him from somewhere. I was like, I don't know who this was, dude is. Abigail will know. He, he was stalking Chrissy Hemi. Do you remember? Is it Christy Hemi or is Christy Hemi? Do you remember her at all? I do not. She was a diva search winner. 
Oh, okay. Um, one of my favorites. But um, yeah, like, so I think this will be kind of an amazing, hilarious and upsetting all rolled into one kind of scenario with them if it plays out the way I hope things go. Miz is really good at playing off of other people. And I, he's always so over the top. I, I love it. Like, one thing that hurt me, though, is when they, I think Corey called uh, Champa, like, Mrs. Protege or something. <laughs> I was like, okay, like, I have not watched Tommaso Champa in, like, his former life. Like, when he was, I don't know if he was a New Japan guy. I can't remember. But, like, I know he's, like, an incredible wrestler. Yes. And, like, so good. It's just funny that, like, this dude, who might be older than The Miz, I have no idea how old this man is, is, like, his protege. I just, like, my heart sort of hurt for him a little bit. I like to think of myself as your protege. <laughs> that is absolutely not the case. That's, that's how I, like, uh, listeners don't believe that. She's taught me everything I know. Nobody, I can't be responsible for anyone or anything. That's really fair. You shouldn't have to be. Thank you. <laughs> Nor do I want to be. Um, I was, oh, I guess one more thing. I was excited to see uh, Kevin Owens because I'm always excited to see Kevin Owens. I he's like starting a feud, Kevin right? Owens. I mean, yeah. Like with yeah, Austin he's digging Theory. In. And, and I love it because I like Kevin Owens so much. And he ha he plays this really mean character. Mm -hmm. And I just want to see him brutalize Austin Theory. Yeah. I am here for the physical and moral degradation of Austin Theory. I hope he goes full pinhead on him and rips his soul apart. Ooh, he has. Such I don't know why Austin him. Theory makes me so mad. I just he's I can't just stand the guy. <laughs> he's a good wrestler. I just yeah, I'm, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's just there's something about the way he's like. It's like he looks. This isn't going to make any sense, but to me, I see him and I'm like, he looks like he's been cut out of paper, and like like colored with highlighters i can't really explain it but it's mm. like he's it's Same like he's bestie it's like he's not a real person i don't know what it is it's like too polished too yeah i don't know what it is and like he's a perfectly good wrestler and he has kind of the same bit as um who's that one guy i'm never gonna remember his name who like was kind of like he had like a video game theme song and he had like kind of oh, shoot i know exactly like, who you mean and i he was really cute i thought he was really cute Yes. Who I the can't, heck? I can't remember his name at all. But I, oh, oh, it's right here. Yeah, I know it's like exactly. the same vibe as that guy, but like in a way I don't like. Like I like the yes. other guy's vibe. I don't, maybe it's his facial hair. I don't know. Well, I'm such I mean, a We have bitch, a lifetime. So. <clears throat> hey, look, if you produce a product for us to consume and we give you our money and our time, we get to judge it. <laughs> That's we true. get to judge it. And it's not like it's not like Austin Theory is sitting here like, God, I wish they'd stop talking about me. I mean, <laughs> his ears are definitely burning right now. He's our first listener and he's our most hurt listener. And hurt so people awful. hurt people. Can you imagine? <laughs> he's like, wow, there's a podcast and there's like women talking about wrestling. I'm really interested in what to listen. I love supporting women. But why are they shitting all over me? <laughs> well, maybe that's what he wants to get. Maybe he's trying to draw the heat. Right. And again, he's drawn it. He he's is drawn it. <laughs> but yeah, I'm I'm excited about that rivalry too. I I want to see them fight, and I want to see Kevin Owen do his thing. Kevin Owens, I love him. And that's all I had about Raw. Do you have anything you want to add? Oh, I do not have anything I want to add about Raw. Okay. I would. I thought it was a pretty decent Raw. I was. Yeah, with I it. enjoyed it. I I had to watch it in a couple parts because I'm old. But um, wow, I I still think three hours is too long. But 
It's way too long. It's it doesn't it makes pay per views not special. It does. I think it's just it's too much, and I don't know. I, I'm not saying that like less is more. That's not necessarily what I mean. But I feel like it, I guess they do it because people keep watching it, right? People keep going to the shows. People keep buying the merchandise. Like you can just keep feeding us wrestling, and we'll keep watching it because it's fun. But it's also mm-hmm. just like guys, it's too long. It's too much. We also like we live in a world now where like everything is content. And you can never produce enough content because the more content you produce, the more ways it can be repackaged and resold, the more advertising dollars yep. you can earn. Like, yep. But at some point, they're making the mistake that almost every organization makes where like, yeah, you're making a lot of content, yep. but how much of it is really good? It's like American TV, right? Like how many shows mm-hmm. have kept going? for seasons far longer than they absolutely should because they can it's the we can but should we problem no one asked should we no well do you want to talk about friday night smackdown i do um you know friday night smackdown has always been my fave my friday night fave if you will um and i don't know why like i think i've just always been a smackdown person um this one had highs and lows for me Okay. Which, you know, that's fair. Every show has highs and lows. I wanted to, I want to save the biggest for the last, but okay. the first thing is I tune into SmackDown and I expect to see Golden Retriever in human form, the king of the himbos, Pat McAfee. Oh. And Pat isn't there. Well, I think that's connected in some way to the fight at AEW. Oh, interesting. Okay. See, I don't know a lot about that. So I'm very interested in hearing you talk about it. When I we, also don't know a lot about that. Sorry. Um, That's well, the perfect thing for us to talk about. We'll get back to that. You want to talk about SmackDown first? Yeah. So okay. like I was, I started in a bad mood because like, fair. you know, he wasn't there. And then I think Corey Graves said uh, the stunning return of Braun Strowman. And I stomped around the house for like 20 minutes saying fucking stunning in a really obnoxious voice because I was just still really angry to see Corey. And I had no beef with Corey. So I I just want to preface my preface. I want to preface my like slightly grumpy take on the show with the fact that I started in a very bad mood for a very small reason. And I'm probably being unfair. One thing you're allowed to have moods. um, It's okay. Oh my god. That's that's a good thing because if I wasn't you I'd can, be in mood jail. You can, you can have all the moods. <laughs> um, I wanted to talk about how much I like Raquel Rodriguez. Okay. Um, I really, really like Raquel Rodriguez. I think that, you know, we always talk about big men in wrestling, like the big men of wrestling. But the big women of wrestling are sometimes neglected, misused, maligned. Um, they don't get the same acclaim always that the big men of wrestling get. And I really enjoy watching her wrestle. I've never really had hot or cold feelings about Aaliyah, but she's making me like Aaliyah more. Um, Sidebar, are they dating? I mean, do you see the love between those two? They do seem very happy to be together all the time, but I hadn't really thought about it. I keep feeling like someday one of them will get a documentary made about them and like there'll be photos or whatever. It's like, they were roommates for 12 years. (laughs) They were the best of gal pals, you know? Um, Anyway, like their love for each other is making me like them more, but I I hope there is a bright future for Raquel Rodriguez uh, moving forward in WWE because I'm really enjoying her. 
they do seem like a lot of fun and um, I haven't really seen them much before this so I enjoyed watching it who were they was that they were wrestling toxic attraction toxic attraction which I I love the name I feel like I had I have never seen them before so I don't know if they were new or not but like the woman who had on the like hat Yes. She, like, all I could think of was Cece DeVille from Poison. I swear, like, yes. I think he used to wear a hat like that all the time. And I was like, I like this vibe. Please bring back the Poison vibe. I'm into it. I love their aesthetic. I love their name. I love that they are clearly Tony Storm fans. Do you remember Tony Storm? I do. Like, it's like that scene in The Wedding Singer. It's like, do you like Tony Storm? I can tell that you do. <laughs> Is she, did she go to AEW? I think she did go to AEW. Okay. Yeah, I think so yeah. too. I think we're going to have to make our way over there at some point. I feel like my last, like, I thought that was a decent match. I don't, I think I see a lot of potential in Toxic Attraction, but I also see some awkward spots and they kind of, they lose my interest. It felt a little squashy. Um, yes. It felt, and I think that's the peril of the big man or woman, right? Is you're going to, you're going to get the squash fest. Yeah. And I don't love that. Um, also, this may verge on body shaming, and I apologize in advance if it is, but the dark-haired member of Toxic Attraction has incredibly dead eyes. She hasn't felt a feeling since 2002. She went to the Randy Orton school of... Oh, my gosh. She, I know, she's vipering. She's vipering. She I should have known that. She grew up, you know, idolizing Randy Orton, who has the cold dead eyes of a serial killer. We love you, Randy. And Please don't sue us. You know what? I I love that about Randy. So I maybe too. I can learn to love that about her. It could be, know? yeah. I mean, maybe she maybe she has a little bit of nervousness going on there, and you know, or just the excitement hasn't reached her eyes yet because she's so worried about hitting her lines that she wants to hit. Look, I get it because, like, sometimes, like, the life hasn't reached my eyes by like Thursday of the work week. Mm -hmm. You know, so I feel her pain. Yeah. Um, and I hope that one day she becomes a friend of the show, and she's like, "You are a real asshole." <laughs> And I'll be like, yeah, you're you're right. You're gonna learn that I am a real asshole. Like, thank you. That's a thank you very much for saying so. I I've so cultivated nice that. When people, when people get it, you know. Yeah. Like, I've worked a so, lot of yeah. years on becoming an asshole. It's a life's thank progress. you so much. Um, women's wrestling was kind of like a high and a low for me on this this episode of SmackDown. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't want to poison the well, so like I wanted to talk about Lacey Evans, Sonya Deville, Ronda Rousey, Natalia, and Zia Lee. Do you, yeah. have, do you have any thoughts there? So my main thought, I mean, honestly, okay, like Lacey Evans has bugged me from day one. Um, I I don't really know why. Like she's 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 good at drawing heat. She's good at being a heel. Absolutely, um, she's a consummate heel. Yeah, I enjoy watching. Um, uh, Sonia Deville and I like I think she's fun to watch I'm not a fan of Ronda Rousey simply because I'm pretty sure she said some real anti-trans stuff and I'm not okay with that and I you know there's just certain things I can't separate from the wrestler but I she just absolutely she is getting better on the microphone which I appreciate um overall it was one of those matches where I was like okay like as soon as like a couple of the eliminations happened really quickly um, and I was like, oh, it's, I mean, it's going to be Ronda Rousey. Like, it's like always fucking Ronda Rousey. Like, I'm just, yes. it, like, I really wanted Sonya Deville to win. And I was like, that would be really neat. And when it was just the two of them, like, squaring off in the ring, I thought that was kind of neat because, you know, they're both like cage fighting type people, MMA people. But like, 
I just knew that it was going to be Ronda Rousey. And I'm just like, okay, okay. Like, how long are we going to do this? It's like I'm having a flashback. Yes. I'm having a flashback to not just Ronda Rousey, but also the bane of my existence, Brock Lesnar. Yes. Yes. I, Absolutely. How, yeah. How are you not Lady Brock Lesnar? And why do we still think that that story is compelling? Yeah. Why I, are we into that? Brock Lesnar was kind of fun at, at WrestleMania. I think that I loved Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania, but it's like, like, it's the same thing over and over with him. It's like, mm -hmm. he's, he's like the unstoppable, what do they call him? Is he the unmovable force? Who's the one that's the unmovable force anyway? Oh my gosh. That's a great question. I don't know. I can't, I feel like Corey's he's the juggernaut, called, but like, it's just like, he's, it's just like, oh, Brock Lesnar. Okay. Obviously he's going to fucking win. Like if there's no chance for a surprise there's no chance for anything exciting because it's like oh it's brock lesnar match over that's boring oh it's ronda rousey of course she's gonna win she's ronda rousey and you know she took that great joan jett song and pooped on it sorry that's I have a so lot of, true i have a lot so of feelings true. i love joan jett no, we're not we're not going to mood jail today it is okay to feel <laughs> our feelings um those are my feelings too like i saw this match starting and i was like you know what i'm gonna be stupid I'm going to be stupid and get my heart broken and be like, look at these competitors. This yep. is going to be fun. Even the Great ones I'm wrestlers. not crazy about seeing. This is going to be good. Yep. You know? Um, and then it's like, okay, um, you've eliminated everyone really, really quickly. And, you know, you've got, like, Sonia Deville is the perfect example. You've got someone who can really meet Rhonda where she lives. Someone who can take all that, like, the things that make her great because she's an MMA fighter and then turn them into a wrestling match. Fantastic. Well, that's not happening because Rhonda needs to destroy immediately. And it's like, mm -hmm. you can't just tell me that someone is the best and expect me to believe it when I can see with my own eyes that that's not necessarily the case. And even if it was, that's not a good story. Yeah. It's like, if you were, if you pick up a book and it's like, Todd was the hero because Todd was big and strong and nobody could beat Todd. So Todd defeated everyone and then he became the king and that was it. That's yeah. not a good story. No. Um, so I was so disappointed in this match. Um, also, I feel like Rhonda is getting better on the mic. I will 100% give her that. I think she's yeah. been showing a lot more personality. Yeah. And I don't think Rhonda Rousey is a bad wrestler at all. I no. don't mean to imply that. But I think that Rhonda has not yet learned how to t tell a story physically. Like she can't through her actions and the match tell, like when she has someone in a submission hold, she can't put them in the submission hold she'd use in a mixed martial arts match, right? Because she doesn't actually want to hurt them. Right. So you've got to tell that story with your body, with like tension and like the faces you're making and like, like show it. And instead, it looks like she's giving Sonia Deville a really weird hug. Like she wants to spoon more than Sonia does. Yeah. And I'm like, I need you to, I need you to do more. And I need the people giving you these storylines to do more for you. Mm -hmm. Like get you there. Yeah. So, and I know that's probably a very unpopular opinion because I know people get really excited to see her. And I understand that. I do. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, but I understand why they, they're, I understand the feeling. Yeah. But. This was a bummer for me, especially in what's been, you know, kind of a golden age of women's wrestling. I agree. Yeah. So I was, but, yeah, I, I don't know. I think, I mean, there, I think 
I think predicting like the outcome of a match isn't necessarily like a bad thing. Like, oh, I was right. They won. But like you said, it's just like, I feel like it's not interesting storytelling. And I think it's different if you're like, I have a strong feeling that this person will win versus like, this is the only story I have ever seen told about this person. And it's not true. There's, there's no excitement that way for me. There's no excitement. I agree. I'm with you on that one. Well, I'm glad that we're together because, you know, your opinion means a lot to me and I value it. Thank you. That sounded sarcastic. And I meant that a hundred percent sincerely. I am an asshole. That girl from Toxic Attraction, she's right about me. I suck. I've known you for 15 years, though, so I can usually sort through the <laughs> That's true. The stuff that you think sounds bullshitty, and I'm just like, that's really sweet. Thank you. Thank you. Or maybe I'm just I, dumb. No, you're not. You're the smartest person I know. <laughs> this is the love section <laughs> of wrestling is for girls. It is. We say affirmations. The uh -huh. one thing I did like about that match was kind of like the aftermath of that match. Um when uh Rhonda runs into Shayna backstage and is oh, like yeah. let's go on a mission of violence and vengeance and I was like girl now now you're speaking my language Shayna didn't really seem into it though no she seemed taken aback like, yeah like Rhonda I, walked away and she was just kind of like mm. <laughs> she, looked at me like she, she totally Tina Belchered it uh, <laughs> no and I I want her to like I want her to struggle with it for a hot minute then but then be like do you remember the two-man power trip? Because let's be the two-man lady power trip. I mean, I I would find Ronda Rousey infinitely more interesting with a plus Shayna Baszler. I think right? that, would like, be, let's, that would be fun. Let's play on their strengths. Let's have them be violent assholes. Let's have them wrestle like male heels. Yeah, like why not? I I think that could be really fun. I like it. So yeah, I, I feel like as even though I was disappointed in that match, I'm going to say it ended with a note of promise. Okay, I agree. So I'll agree we'll with that. See what happens. That's good. And I would also watch them feud. I'd happily, I mean, not happily, because I'd like to see less of Ronda in general, but I'd watch them feud with interest. Has Ronda done a lot of tag team in WWE? I can't, I'm you not know. sure. I don't remember. I don't remember either. If she did, it like, didn't make an impression on me. Yeah, I feel like if she did, it was always one of those like six man tag matches, you know, where they just throw people together because they want to put every wrestler they have on the card for the night. Right. It's like, oh, the pay per view is tomorrow. We have to do something. They're standing over there. Let's let's roll. <laughs> they know we're talking about them. No, I it's all good like, stuff. I promise. Don't worry. They're gonna love it. Um, I also really like the school of tag teams where it's like, you know. Jillian hates Karen and Abigail hates Karen and they're both bad guys. Don't you think they have a lot in common and should be a tag team? Yeah. And like, sometimes that works really great and sometimes it's just really dumb, but it's always like, I think that's how tag teams get made. It's like, these two things are kind of the same. Let's yeah. just, do you like how I make hand gestures and assume that they're going to translate to an audio format? It's okay. Thank you. It's you're not like you're, you're not actually like explaining complicated um, like concepts with your hands. So, that's true. That's you know, we true. Are, we are just going for audio at the moment. But who knows if our fame grows, maybe we'll make some videos true. and I will get if, completely into a different room because this is awful where I'm at right now. Well, I mean, I keep thinking if I keep doing my makeup for this podcast, maybe one day the audience will see my makeup. They might. And you're very good they at might. it. Oh, no. So... I mean, oh, maybe I can nice. actually do something with myself for once. You don't need to. Thanks. 
So my last thing is the big thing, I think. Okay. Okay. Is uh, how do you solve a problem like Drew McIntyre? I mean, you give him a big sword and let him swing it around a lot. He did That's say such a good answer. at one point, I want you tonight. Yeah, Drew is bringing the like hot and heavy innuendo. He really is. And I am absolutely here for it. <laughs> you I, know, I, I love mean, innuendo. I love innuendo. I feel like every time he's on the mic, he starts out like pretty boilerplate. And then he's like, I'm going to see you tonight. And I can't wait to see you tonight. I'm going to get on top of you. I'm going to climb up your body and destroy you from the inside out. You're not going to be able to walk tomorrow. And it's like, Drew, no, what are you, what are you doing? What are you doing? I mean, like, I'm into it, but I don't know if everyone's going to be into it. This may not be. I hope, I hope we find out someday that he's been like a top fan fiction writer for like ever. And he has a really hard time, like not letting that seep into his daily life. It's just, it's so much more than that. Like we're soon going to find out that Drew McIntyre is Cassandra Clare. <laughs> have you ever seen them in the same place at the same time? I know I haven't. And sometimes I hear bagpipes when I see Cassandra Clare. So it's all <laughs> starting to make a strange amount of that's not real. That, didn't that would be fantastic. I love it. I love it. Like I used to Drew McIntyre used to be like fine for me. I was just like, oh, whatever, Drew McIntyre. Yes. But um, I'm really enjoying him much more now. I think. I don't know. I just like, I just like this kind of road that he's on, and I'm very much more interested in what he has to say when he says things like "I want you tonight." So I'm excited. Absolutely, like vaguely thirsty Drew McIntyre is probably my favorite Drew McIntyre. Plus, like thirsty with a sword, who can beat that? Yeah, I I'm fine with that. I'll take it. And I I feel like I feel like we're in this sort of interesting place with Drew McIntyre. Like he should have had his big moment, right? Yeah. Like when he yes. talks about how he should be the undisputed champion, I think most of the fans feel that. Like, yes. Yeah, you should be. Yeah. And then he has this sort of serve with Solo Sokoa, which is interesting because I haven't seen his work in NXT, but already I'm like, either. I like this guy. Yeah. I, I kind of dig this guy. But then it's like, that's not the real end game there. Like the real end game is obviously this thing with Karrion Cross and his mm -hmm. extremely intense wife. Yeah, Miss Scarlet. Very intense wife. Um, every time we see them, my husband is like, they have key parties. <laughs> they definitely, I'm like, no, I'm, I don't think you're wrong, sweetie. But then I'm also like, how the hell would you know? anything about people who have key so maybe he's leading a very rich life that i don't know about but i mean he does leave the house once in a while he does leave the house and we're gonna stop that we're gonna stop <laughs> that tonight lock him up um so it's it's kind of like drew's in this interesting place for me where like he climbed the mountain and mm -hmm. then he got toppled off it and he got toppled off it by someone who i don't know is going to play a huge role in the rest of his story and now he's involved with these people who have key parties so i don't know like what are your feelings about drew in this situation so when i was watching that match i i wrote down i was like you know taking my notes and i was like i i like solo sokoa i like i think he's gonna be good he's already good on the mic like he you know like he just like fits right in with his brothers and that's great and like i i uh, side note i think that at some point the Usos are going to turn on Sami Zayn because it's a matter of time. they were definitely like annoyed with him um, when he was talking before Solo came out. But um, can I add to that side note real quick? Sure. Yeah. 
Jay Uso is masterfully communicating that person that you that you hate more than anyone else alive in his interactions with Sami Zayn. So is he the one? I, I have a hard time telling the twins apart because I don't pay enough attention. Is he the one with the longer hair or the shorter hair? He has the red in his hair, and okay. he wears crop tops a lot, and he's beautiful. Is he the one on the left? It's oh, so bold you of you to assume that I can identify <laughs> left and right on command. Um, I think. I mean, it would have been Sammy actually, Zane's right. I think his hair actually is longer now, but he's the one who's always like rolling his eyes and hating Sammy Zane. Okay, I think we're talking about the same Uso. We are. Yeah. I need to pay better attention to the Usos because I enjoy them. Also, like he's just he's so hot. <laughs> I can't help it. No, there's. It. Do not help it. Don't help it. There's no reason to so. help it. Anyway, back back to your point. Yeah, no. So um, the thing I was thinking, like, it's awesome that he's coming out. I absolutely don't think he should, like, win anything right away, right? I don't think he should come out and be, like, champion of the world because he's just I now coming. That. No. Um, I got a little confused kind of at the end of the match when Karrion Cross appeared and, like, it went to sepia tone. Did yours go to sepia tone? It did because okay. that's his aesthetic. And I want you to imagine oh. the word aesthetic with those sparkle emojis on either side. Aesthetic. <laughs> yeah. I I was confused and then it faded to black. And I guess that's a, a move he has that I just learned about or something. Like it's called fade mm-hmm. to black. So I I I got taken out of it because I'm not enough of a wrestling fan that I really was paying close enough attention to understand that that's his bit. Because I I actually haven't seen Karrion Cross wrestle before. No, that's fair. Like I I think you have to do a lot of stitching together of like the look of his promos, the like what you know okay. about him from before and it, excuse me. So it's like it's a little tricky, right? Mm-hmm. It's not he's not intuitive. Yeah. What did you think about that match? So here is what I wrote down. I'm just going to read it to you verbatim. Okay. This match is really good and satisfying, but I feel so bad for Drew. I think the storyline is a great setup for Drew to feel mad and disrespected, but I also legit feel like he should be undisputed champion. So those are like the correct feelings. Yeah. But then uh, he's mad and disrespected at Solo Sokoa, but then there's the swerve and it's like, how will these three people interact with each other? Or will we just pretend that that didn't really happen? Yeah. I how will we make sense of these three disparate parts? That's the frustrating thing. Like he absolutely should be champion. And you know, they built it up so much not to have him be champion. It's like a real I think a letdown not just as like a fan, but a letdown as like as far as storytelling goes, narratologically. Whoa. Very good. Meteorologically. Grammatically. Very good. Okay. Um, <laughs> it was a meteorological <laughs> letdown. So, like, yeah, I'm not sure how they're going to fit together either. Like, is there going to be, like, a team-up with Karrion Cross and Solo Sokoa and they attack Drew McIntyre? Is it going to be another? Like, it just, I feel like they need, they're trying to, like, shoe in, shoehorn yes. in Solo Sokoa, like, to get him on the show, which I get. But, like, I, it's just a weird, it just, yeah, it, it I couldn't follow the narrative. There's, there's a lot happening, and I think that there is a way to work this out where, like, 
you know, Drew is really angry, rightfully so, because he feels screwed. And who is this new kid to screw him? And who is Roman Reigns to keep screwing him? You know, and like full disclosure, I love Roman Reigns. I don't want Roman Reigns to be champion right now. Um, and then you've got this other guy who was kind of like trying to fight Drew on his own merits. And maybe like, maybe you could work this into a story that that's part of the frustration Drew is feeling is like, this guy wants to fight Drew because he's Drew. Drew wants to be in the title picture. And he's yeah. got these conflicting and you've got Solo Sokoa who's like, I'm going to make a name on you. Yeah. So it's like Drew is under all this pressure and can he rise out of it? defeat all of it push aside the distractions and you know rightfully get his title that the fans really feel in their hearts he deserves but i feel like there's a lot of narrative threads there and we are not talking about a company that is super dexterous with narrative threads well which brings us back to again why you need to be writing for them and i think you should, <laughs> you should include this in your weekly letter to hhh dear hhh now we Let both know that if I, were, for you. if I were to write Triple H a letter, I would not start it with Dear Triple H or Dear HHH or Dear Paul. Dear King It would 100% heart. say Dear Dad. <laughs> in this house, you know how people have those signs that are like, in this house, we believe in science, love is love, all these nice things. Um, in this house, I have made Triple H an inappropriate father figure and frequently refer to him as Dad. My husband hates it. I can tell from your face that you hate it. No, I have questions, but I don't know if I can ask them here. I mean, this is complicated by the fact that I am also canonically attracted to Triple H. That's what I, I mean. I was going to say, is this like a dad thing or is this like... No, it's like 100% a pure dad thing. Like, I'd like him to like talk to me about wrestling and take me for ice cream. Okay, I'm willing so to put my purient feelings aside. Okay, so not a daddy thing. No, it's not a daddy thing. It's a dad thing. Okay, like, got it. Thank you. So my dream is that one day Triple H will come on this podcast and he'll be like, so the dad thing. And I'll be like, yeah, I won't be taking questions about that at this time anyway. No notes, Triple H. Thank you. No notes. Moving on. No notes. Moving on. Um, yeah. I like I, I want him to be like carefully weaving these threads together, but I, I don't know that he is. And I don't know that the people who are in the writer's room are weaving these threads together the way that I would like them to be. So my yeah. letter may go, you know, unanswered at this point. Or it may revolutionize the industry. It might. Who knows? Well, I, so, well, I got to send the first one. Yeah. Thank you. Break the ice. So I, I also feel like, do you remember the brood at all? Kind of. Yeah. So like when Edge and Christian were kind of like in a vampire cult with Gangrel. I, I know about it because of you. I never saw them wrestle. I missed the whole Edge and Christian era until like they came back as a thing. And it was very exciting yeah. because I was into it. So I only know the brood in retrospect. I did not see the brood go down. I started watching, I think right as that was petering out. And then of course, Matt and Jeff Hardy were the new brood. And instead of being vampires, they just wore velvet shirts, which is totally an adjacent field. Um, yeah. It doesn't make any sense. I don't I don't know why it was a thing. But like I feel like Karrion Cross and his lady, Scarlet, have like so much brood energy. It's so like 90s or early aughts. It does feel so that I, way. I kind of dig it. I like the throwback, but I, I'm very curious to see how this all pans out. 
Yeah, I'm interested because I I really don't know anything about I I feel like Carrion is a really unfortunate name. Like I get it. It's you know, but it's like you you want to be Roadkill Cross? Like that's your well. It's unfortunate for for a couple of reasons, right? Because not only is it gross, it's spelled with a K. Mm-hmm. Like he probably has brothers named like Brixton and Navy with two E's at the end. <laughs> so it's it's unfortunate in a, a wealth of ways. Yeah. Like I know I'll it's supposed to be badass, but it doesn't work. <laughs> I, it's got to be really hard to come up with a wrestling name. I mean. What would like, your wrestling name be? I don't know. I'd have to really think about it. Probably like the undecided. Oh, I like I like that. It really speaks to a kind of like Gen X ennui. <laughs> the constant anxiety I face. I love that. What about you? What would yours be? I mean, I'm probably going to go with the login name I use today, Jazzy A. <laughs> Doesn't I make Jazzy any sense. So no, no one really gets why I'm called Jazzy A. It's like Hit Row. Why is Hit Row called Hit Row? I feel like you would just have a lot of sequins in your outfits if you're Jazzy A. And like you'd Maybe. have to do jazz hands, right? Like, yeah, absolutely. A lot of yeah. jazz. Maybe it would be a move where like I jazz hands it on your face and then I like <laughs> kind of earbox you. That's a good idea. You know, yeah. Include that in your letter to Triple H. <laughs> They call that the staccato. <laughs> Side note. Side note, Dad. I've started a wrestling persona. Dad, could you give me some feedback on the tape I included? <laughs> what can I improve? That'd be amazing. You know, like it's our hope that people will listen to this podcast and enjoy it. But with that comes the reality that if they do, one day I may have to answer face-to-face to Triple H on why I think it's appropriate to call him Dad. And I'm going to be there to capture all of it. And he's going to be like, please don't. Please stop. It is poor children are going to be like, what's happening? Why is is this person calling you dad? Dad, she's like 10 years younger than you. What the fuck is going on? Like, well, a lot's going on. Okay. A lot's going on. (laughs) Wrestling is a wild ride, kids. It really is. So yeah, those are, those are my SmackDown thoughts. Did you have anything that you wanted to cover that I didn't bring up? Really briefly, I had one thing that's, uh, they kept calling Butch, you know, at the beginning of the show, the brawling brutes, they kept calling Butch a master joint manipulator. (laughs) As he's like, he's actually a master debater. (laughs) Okay. As he's like, basically like kind of bending a finger backwards. And I was like, I was like, I was just sitting there thinking like, I wanted to text you, but of course we're trying not to do that so that we have like, you know, something to talk about on here. But I was like, is that actually like a thing in wrestling? Like is joint manipulation, like, uh, like a, like a skill you can have in wrestling. I don't think it is. Is it? I mean, I think it is a thing because I think William Regal does some joint manipulation. (laughs) I just feel like it sounds like being a chiropractor. Yes. Thank you. It sounds like being a chiropractor. Like Butch will murder you in the ring and also like cure your baby's colic with the mystery of chiropractic care. It was so strange. I was just like, okay, this, yeah, that's all I wanted to say about that. No, Um, that's fair. I really like Butch, AKA Pete Dunn, which I'm never going to be able to think of him as Butch seriously. So, I mean, I'll watch all his joint manipulations. I think he's great, but it is a little silly. I agree. It was just like, 
I don't know. I I also wonder how much stretching they all do before they wrestle. You gotta get I would hope work. they you do a lot it. of stress stretching because, I mean, even having your little fingers bent back a lot, that's asking for trouble. So now you do believe in the power of joint manipulation. I do. <laughs> no, but you're right. I mean, I feel like, like you'd have a lot of crap if people were not stretching. Yeah. That's just a side note. Um, so I want to talk about uh, a quick little thing in wrestling news because I think it was Tuesday it happened. There's this big kerfluffle over at the AEW, which <clears throat> being the uh, hard-hitting journalist that I am, I really don't know all the details. So I'm going to tell this story really poorly. Did you read a tweet? Classic Jillian style. I read a little bit of an article. Um, so like there was this post-match situation and there was like a press thing you know where they're like talking to the mm -hmm. press and apparently um cm punk was like bad mouthing i think kenny omega and the young yeah bucks. he was the young bucks and kenny omega and like there was like this whole thing and they just got into like a huge fight like there was a fight like all out dudes fighting there's like an investigation happening people were talking about suspensions and or firings and like part of me one thing I love about wrestling is like I can never trust what anything is happening like is it all a work you know and now I just saw CM Punk is going to be out for eight months because of an injury damn yeah so like was all that of that out. yeah like I just I don't know I I don't know. I, I have no like real thoughts about it other than like, I don't know. I have no idea if it's an actual thing that happened or if it's a work. I think John Moxley might've been involved, which I don't want him to disappear or anything because that's sad. He should be involved with me, not with beef. Agreed. Solely with me. I guess he can be involved with you too, like whatever, but yeah, apparently he has he he tore his tricep. Ooh, CM Punk. That sounds rough. Yeah, yeah. So I, f I don't know. I mean, I feel like if it's stagecraft, it's pretty great stagecraft because, yeah. and I mean that as a compliment. Like I'd be happy yeah. to believe that this is all a uh, a work because, like, there's a long history of wrestlers who just do not like each other acting out really aggressively about that. Um, you know, I suppose when you work in a hyper-masculine workplace, things are going to get weird sometimes. Yeah. And also, side note, if we ever get t-shirts, when you work in a hyper-masculine workplace, things get weird sometimes needs to be one of them. Okay. Um, we need to write these like, things down because I'm not going to remember. Take some notes. Um, so it's not like unbelievable that these dudes right. dislike each other enough to altercate. Right. And it's also like, what do we like about CM Punk? That he dry, drops pipe bombs, right? That he says these things that are true and obnoxious. CM Punk does not hold himself to the is it true, kind, and helpful standard. Yeah. CM Punk is like, do I feel it? I'll say it. And we like that about him, right? Like, he's mm -hmm. that guy. So it, it would play in really well to a storyline, but it's also totally believable to me in real life. I also like the idea that he was just like, well, fuck it. I'm going to be out for eight months. <laughs> Let me just wreak havoc before I go. He's like, you know what? My arm hurts and fuck you guys. <laughs> he also does not have to go to mood jail. 
No, that's right. nobody. You know what? We are all free from mood jail on this podcast. Whatever your mood is, come tell us about it. I like it. Yeah. Well, that's all I had for wrestling this week. That is the wrestling that was for girls in the week that was. Wow. That was profound. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that. Well, I'm excited to see what happens coming up to the next pay-per-view, which is, what is the next pay-per-view? Mm, great question. You want me to look it up real quick? Yeah. The October. I, it's on the tip of my tongue because they kept talking I about know. it. But of course, you know, I can't remember. But right. um, I'm always excited about a pay-per-view. Jeez, this is a lot more complicated than one would have imagined. Well, that's okay. I'll vamp. Ah, vamp. Please, yes. Vamp it out. So the pay-per-view will be an old favorite, WWE Extreme Rules. Oh, Extreme Rules. Okay. And okay, this adds an interesting wrinkle to the CM Punk AEW drama. Guess where Extreme Rules is going to be held? Where? Philadelphia, the ancestral home of ECW, where our friend CM Punk is, you know, quite well known for his CM Punk shenanigans. Oh. That adds another wrinkle that makes me say, is it real or That's is it well Interesting. Yeah. So I guess we'll see how hurt his tricep is. Not to not to shame or question his tricep injury. but Yeah. I mean, yeah, that sounds horrible if it, you know, for sure. So but painful. Yes. Yeah. I, I can't even imagine tearing a muscle. Like that just sounds like the worst thing in the world. Like, I'd rather snap a bone than tear a muscle. But I, I do feel like going into this next pay-per-view, we have a lot of interesting balls in the air, and it'll be cool to see where they land. I'm very excited to see where they land. We're all about balls in the air on this podcast. We're all about balls. This is a podcast about balls by women. <laughs> <laughs> women talk balls. We, we really have the wrong uh, concept. We should have gone that way with it. I really think we should have. Sad we didn't. All right. Well, until next time, any parting words, Abigail? Uh, You know, just that thank you for joining us. And I hope you enjoy spending time with us as much as we enjoy spending time with you and each other. That's true. We infinitely enjoy spending time together much more than we do with you, but that's okay. (laughs) You can see who the heel is on this show. And it's, just, not, it's not Jazzy A. Jazzy just, A is a classic face, a Kurt Angle face. Jazzy Ernst, A. pure, about to have a horrifying milk-themed meltdown. Jazzy That's A Jazzy is A. all class. Jillian is all ass. All sass. No, sass. Or ass. Both a sassy ass. See y'all later. Bye.